friends, welcome to The Index, a sacred love podcast. I'm your host, Dr. A. This is a platform for our community to share our stories of healing and resiliency. We're going to talk a lot about purpose and personal accountability here. So thank you so much for joining us today. Friends, welcome back to The Index. Today, our guest is the great Dr. Christophe Kisun. Um, we are so excited to have Christophe here with us today to share his story. Um, let's just take a minute to welcome Christophe into our community. Christophe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dr. E, for having me on your podcast and oh. for all your wonderful listeners who have, you know, just jumped right into the ceiling space. Um, I've known you for a while and seeing you kind of take on this type of work is very inspiring to me. Um, so I'm very honored to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I was talking about you the other day to, um, to a doctoral student. We were talking about grants and I was telling mm-hmm. him about this amazing grant writing opportunity, this program that we wrote together. And then I left the right. university and I'm like, we got to do something with that because this, this program is a killer. So um you know, so to have you here today and just reflecting on, you know, our journey together and stuff like that is pretty amazing. So thank you for correct, that. Correct, correct. Yeah. Yes, and we should 100% revisit that grant. Yes, because that was some amazing work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. Christoph, so, okay, so apparently you're into grant writing, right? So you're you're a, a jack of all trades kind of fella. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, tell us who Christoph is. Okay, okay. So I was born in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I'm of East Indian descent. So just like a little bit of history, when people look at me, they think I'm from India, but I'm not, right? I'm Indo-Trinidadian. So I think I'm third or fourth generation Indo-Trinidadian. Basically, after the enslaved Africans were emancipated, the British needed new people to work on the plantations. So then they went to India and Asia and they imported my ancestors into the Caribbean to take over the work. Um, So that's how I ended up as an Indian born in Trinidad, very connected to my Indian culture as well, but thinking of myself more as a Caribbean person rather than as an Indian person, if that makes sense. Yeah, Um, yeah. Right? Um, It's kind of cool too. Um, So my mother is Muslim and my father is Hindu and you know, the whole separation of India and Pakistan, just kind of all of these xenophobia and history that's gone on between those two religions. I always tell people I grew up in a house where India and Pakistan never needed to separate. My parents are living proof that Hindus and Muslims can be together and be in love and raise a family, you know. Um, and then they sent me to Christian schools my whole life. So I went to Presbyterian elementary school and then I went to a Catholic all-boys high school. So by the time I was 18, I was teeth in three very different religions um, and kind of developed like an interfaith perspective, kind of seeing value in each one. You know, I don't necessarily think one religion is better than the other. My parents gave me choice. They told me, pick whatever you want to pick. We're just going to give you resources, you know. Um, I grew up on my mother's side because of my grandparents. They kind of raised me a bit more. So they socialized me more into like the Islamic world than into Islam. Um, but recently in college, I took a class on gender and sexuality in Hinduism from Dr. Arunima Dutta. 
And that class like really changed my life and it really changed my perspective. And it made me feel a lot more connected to my father's Hindu side. And I've kind of been reading up more about Hinduism, learning more about it and kind of honoring that part of myself more and more. Listen, listen, you just talk us through, you talk us through so many thoughts, so many emotions. You talk us through, um, you know, concepts and ideals, right? That we need to rethink. Um, I was just, I was, I was thinking about how diverse your religious background is and the fact that you now live in Idaho. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, specifically, you know, a city that is predominantly Mormons. Yeah. Mormon, conservative, um, very evangelical, fundamentalist, maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very homogenous, very white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. you're having to navigate that world, but you you share a very different lens, right? A, a wider lens, perhaps, um, of religion and spirituality and even with sexuality. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, and race, gender identity, right? These are all things that I sort of explore and experiment with, you know? Um, and yeah, you're 100%, right? So I guess to give a little bit more background, I guess going into my professional educational background now, sorry, Said. So, when I was 18, I got a scholarship from the government of Trinidad and Tobago to come to Idaho State to study. And I grew up not very well off, right? I would say maybe something between whatever was lower than middle class, but not quite, you know, complete poverty. Okay. We had everything we needed. We had food, we had shelter, we had clothing. We didn't have money for fancy vacations. We didn't have money for a bunch of gifts under the Christmas tree, you know, but we had love. I, I live, I grew up in a house with love and we had everything we needed and love was what carried us through, you know, yes. even when things didn't always, when things were like financially hard. Um, so I didn't have privilege. I didn't have parents for a trust fund to send me to Oxford, you know? Um, so I worked really, really hard in high school to get the scholarship because I knew it was my ticket off the island. And I always knew that I wanted to study abroad. I wanted an international education. Um, Idaho State also matched my funding, so they gave me some scholarships as well. So I kind of put together these three pieces of funding and like make my undergraduate degree happen. I got my bachelor's in political science, and then I did the same thing, grinded, grinded, grinded. And then I went to grad school at Idaho State, got accepted into the program, and I got fully funded. So I just graduated with my doctorate in political science and my master's in public administration pretty much debt-free, which is a huge privilege and a huge blessing to me. Yes. Because I know a lot of people don't have that story. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, you know, what's interesting about you is that I actually remember you as a student, right? I remember you as a student pursuing your, your master's and your doctorate at the university because you was doing that dual degree program. And uh -huh. I've never seen, I've never seen an entire community of educators fight so hard to fund one student. Now I've seen, I've seen faculty members fight to fund students and I've had my own share of fighting to get funding for students, right? Mm -hmm. But I've never seen a, a community. I mean, it was your department, it was your college, it was the graduate school, right? It was, um, 
student affairs. I mean, it was everybody trying to find you fun. And I'm like, who is this guy? (laughs) Who is this guy? Why does this matter so much? Right. And it was his writing. It was his vibe. It was, you know, what he brings to the table. It was the way people talked about him. It was just everything that was you, right? It was everything that was you. And I had met you in passing, had met you in passing, but now I was hearing about you in a, you know, it was like, here's the depth of this student, right? Yeah. He's friendly, but there's, there's more to it. Mm. Um, and even hearing you talk now, you know, you can hear the depth of who you are when you say, well, we didn't have money for like fancy vacations and so on and so forth. But I grew up in a household with love, mm. and love mm. right? And Take it's right. Hey. <laughs> and, and there's something beautiful about that when you realize like everything I need, right, is love. And if I have love, then I have everything that I, I, I need and I'm going to be okay. And, you know, you recognize that for yourself, even, you know, during your, your earlier years or, you know, whether or not you realize it then or you're realizing it now, you know, as you do your own reflecting, you realize the uh-huh. importance of that, that love, right? Correct. Absolutely correct. So as you said that, um, as you said, I've been doing a lot of reflecting this year. As I said, I just graduated in May. Um, Unfortunately, none of my family on the island could have come to my graduation, you know? And initially I was like very sad about it. I was like, I'm the first person in my family ever to get a doctorate degree, you know? It's kind of a big deal. Like I really wanted them to be there, but for a variety of reasons, it couldn't happen. But those are visa situations, finances, COVID travel requirements, right? Um, But then this amazing thing happened and all of my friends from America, who I met at Idaho State and have kind of graduated and moved on to different parts of the country, they flew back for my graduation, right? And spent money to buy gas in these gas prices to drive to Idaho to celebrate my graduation. And I remember they threw like this party for me and I was just in shock. I was in absolute awe that these people who I have no physical, biological blood connection to, right? saw me so highly and honored me so much and wanted to celebrate with me so much. And it really hit me that love is goes beyond just family, right? We get to choose our own family in this world. Like I kind of call them my surrogate family, right? Um, people who love me just as much as my own family and just to kind of embrace that and accept that for the first time, you know? It really kind of changed my perspective on the meaning of family and love and how wide we could cast that net. Yeah, and I'm so happy that you had that experience, right, Um, in realizing that family is much deeper, much deeper than, you know, the individuals that we share, we share blood with right? It's, it's the people that's around us every day. It's the people that that's holding hands with us. It's the people that's showing up for us, right? The, the folks that's not afraid to cry with us, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's the forgiveness we get from friends. And I mean, it's, it's so much deeper than just, you know, my mother, my father, and my, my siblings, you know, my cousin, it's so much deeper than that. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I talk a lot about family reimagined and that's what that is. Ooh, for me. Love that. <laughs> right and it's exactly what you're saying um having the ability to pick you can pick your family 
you know, and it's such a beautiful thing because guess what, when you, when you get to the place where you're picking your family, you're picking the people that your soul naturally will connect to. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, and there is, there's beauty in those connections. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear you, you know, get into that place for your own self. Absolutely. Yeah. And just like this feeling of, um, as you said, you people you can cry with, right? People you can celebrate with, people you can like experience like all the range of human emotion, of human spirituality with, you know? Um, people who are showing up, showing up is a big thing for me. People who really show up for you when you need it the most, even if you don't even realize how much you need it, but they see you so clearly, even more clearly than you see yourself. I yes. know exactly what you need in this moment, right? At this time. Yes. Um, kind of holding up a mirror to you, you know? And you're like, you are worthy of love. You do deserve it. My best friend, Sora, she came and she said, collect your roses. It's time for you to collect your roses. Mm-hmm. What is this thing about you that's always feeling like um, it's, this is not good enough, right? I mean, I'm an overachiever, right? I'm 27 and I basically completed my cycle of education, you know? And looking back on it, it's so strange. I feel like when you're in grad school, it takes such a long time to finish. I did mine in five years. Some people take longer. Um, you have this feeling that when you're finished and you graduate and you walk, you're going to feel fulfilled. Right? <laughs> you know? And like it's like all of a sudden, like everything will click into place and the clouds will open up and God will send the sunshine down, you know? <laughs> like there's this, there's this fantasy I had in my head. And I graduated and I walked and I felt the same. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. It was the most anticlimactic moment of my life, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, I know I worked hard for this degree. I earned it, yes. But what I think I learned from this experience was um, your degrees, right? The awards, all of that stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is love. Like what really yes. gives your life value is your relationships, you know? Yes. Like that is the real price, your yes. relationships. Right. And, and, you know, it's so funny because that, that was my exact experience too, right? When, when I pursued my doctorate and I remember going through the process and it was like, yes, you know, and yeah, I'm living like, right, let's go and let's get it. And I was feeling my, I was feeling myself throughout yeah. the entire process of being a student. So much so that I, I, a lot of um, doctoral students will do this, right? Where, you know, you get to the place where you start getting into research, you know, and, and that's like your first class, right? You said, you know, your professors, they're, you know, they're on you about what research looks like and the authenticity of research and blah, 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 right? And so even in your casual conversations, you start asking for resources. Well, who said that, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you want to know, well, like, you know, whether or not this person have permission to say X, right? And um, why would they say that? And they, they do research on this and who is responsible for like the seminal research on X. And, and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. That is not, that is not the purpose of that degree, mm. okay? That is not why you just went and work on that degree so that you can police like what other people are saying and how they're saying it and who have a right to say X. And that is not what this was about, right? And it's like, you gotta ground yourself, girl, ground yourself. And so um, just like you, when I graduated, I didn't attend. I didn't attend my graduation. Um, Mm. 
and I haven't attended graduation since I was graduating from from eighth grade going into ninth grade right I haven't graduated I haven't attended a ceremony since then um you know and that's with two masters a doctor the bachelor's and associates whatever um and my father was ill when I grad when I finished so I couldn't go to graduation so I understand I understand, you know, your moment of not being able to celebrate with your family when you're mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm the first to graduate with this and so on and so forth. But I think what's what I also um, share with you is that realization that hold up, this journey wasn't even about the degree, right? Hey, hey. <laughs> this journey was teaching me how to dig deeper, right? How to dig deeper for my own work. That's what this journey was about. It wasn't about the degree. I made it about the degree. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Uh, and that was my ego doing that. That was my hey, ego. <laughs> right, ego, ego. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not what that journey was for, my love. It's not, it wasn't for that, right? You That journey was for you to gather some tools, right? There's some tools you yeah. needed, some resources you needed access to so that you can go along on your journey. But so many of us get lost in the process, you know, and we so quickly join the, 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 I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, right? Like the ivory tower. Yeah. You know, the elite space, right. And it's like, yes, I'm here. I'm, I've, I've arrived. And it's like, well, no, because you know, your job is to take your knowledge back to your community. <laughs> so, not to lock it up in a tower, right? right. And you can afford college, right? right. get access to your knowledge. No, yes, 100%. And it's like a shell game because I feel like you spend so long in academia and then you just get kind of stuck in it, you know? Um, it's like the more traditional route. If you have a doctorate, you teach, right? That's like right. what they tell us, you know? Um right. But this, we can teach in a bigger stage. I, I like to think of myself as a teacher in the earth school, right? Not just in a classroom, but in the earth school. Right, absolutely. Okay. Right, how can I take my technical knowledge of political science, yes, but also, as you said, that introspection, all the things I learned about myself, right? Um, I even committed to therapy all through grad school. I did therapy all through grad school to kind of literally keep me sane, you know? Um, <laughs> mental health is a yeah. big thing. And especially in graduate education. Oh my goodness. It's, I think it's the most important piece of grad school. If your mental health isn't intact, everything else kind of falls apart. And then physical health matters a lot too, but we know the mind-body connection, right? You can't be physically healthy if you're not mentally healthy. So I think it's like the cornerstone. Um, So yeah, gathered all those tools up, made all my friends, made all these connections, right? Um, And now I'm like ready to like do public scholarship. I think that's where I'm at now, finding ways like you're doing, you know, to create spaces, to have conversations with people where we could kind of break down these like elitist sort of technical kind of concepts and share them with people in a way that they can appreciate, that they can internalize, right, that can inspire them too. I think that is the real goal. Hey, you know, um, you could call me up whenever you were taking on that task because, uh, you know, I think that was one of the biggest challenges I had in higher education is that, you know, I don't care about elitism at all. And, you know, I remember in particular having a conversation with someone on leadership um, mm. who said to me while I was, I was doing some advocacy work for um, 
one of my staff and I had someone say to me, you know, you got to pick, you have to pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you can't go against leadership. I'm like, I'll go against whoever I want. <laughs> Right. If it doesn't align, it doesn't align. Right. I'm not, I'm not gonna. Um, and I mean, there's a way, there's a way to go about doing it. But what I'm saying is don't ask me to go with leadership because I'm part of leadership. Right. If I don't agree with leadership, I don't agree with leadership. And I'm going to speak up for the people that don't have a voice or don't feel like they have a voice because they have a voice. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of whether or not they feel safe enough to, um, to right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I recognize that, you know, my staff doesn't feel safe enough to speak up and I'm like, oh, you don't want to speak up against my superiors. Oh, I'll speak up. I'll, I'll speak up for you because I can speak up to them. Mm. Right. And then I was told, well, you don't want to do that. Don't do that. (laughs) You're part of us. Yeah. You're, you're part of us. Why would you do that? And I'm like, but who's going to tell us when we're doing something that's not right. Cause I want you to tell me when I'm not doing something that's right but you don't want me to tell you that, but I'm supposed to advocate for my staff. Mm -hmm. You don't want Mm -hmm. me to do that. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I I know. And like, how we define in leadership, you know, because I think most people who are in leadership quote unquote positions today do not understand what true leadership is. You know? Listen, listen, you are opening up, uh, you're opening up a, a can of worms right now. So I was talking to my brother, my brother Jazzy, right? And this is like mm-hmm. years, years ago. We were talking about six years ago. We were talking about leadership, right? Okay. Now, my doctorate is in leadership and innovation, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. And so a few weeks ago, he and I were reflecting on that. He said, remember that conversation we had on leadership like six years ago? And I started laughing. And <laughs> Because at that point, I was so grounded in the ideals of leadership, right? And I I said to him, you know, within the last few weeks, I said, it's so funny because I studied leadership and I don't agree with half of the shit I learned in school. (laughs) Because we, we, we teach people to focus on finding leadership outside of themselves, right? And right. instead, of, instead of helping them realize that the leader they're looking for is really themselves. And the people we're, we call leaders, what they're really doing is managing systems. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Correct, but that's not correct. what we teach. We teach leadership in a very, you know, it's, it's a very like power struggle type of, you know, there's a pyramid and the person at the top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, true leadership doesn't put anybody at the top, Right. Correct, correct. It's more like a circle. It's more like a circle. It's more like um, horizontal rather than vertical, right? Right. And it's like mutual empowerment. How can we mutually build each other, each other's up, right? To accomplish whatever goals. And you learn to give ownership to your team, right? Because if your team have ownership, you're actually more likely to reach the goals that you set within your organization. But if it's all me and you're all working for me, we're going to run into problems because you guys are not committed to what I have going on. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, it it needs to be everyone. When I, when I worked in higher ed um, and my staff could attest to this, and you've worked in, in some, in some spaces with me as well, where I was facilitating the meeting and I never sat at the top of the table ever. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's how it was intentional. 
That was intentional because if I'm chairing the committee, if I am the supervisor, just that title comes with some level of power and authority. But when we walk into the room to brainstorm, there is no power and authority, right? Your voice is equally as important as mine. And I need you to know that. I need Mm -hmm. you to know that. So I need to remove my titles and I need to walk into that space just like you, right? Right. And that's how you get those outcomes that we're looking for. But we don't, we don't, we don't really teach it. I'm not saying no one teaches that. I'm saying it's not what the masses teach. Correct. It's not the mainstream, right? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're big on the leader and this person and you got to earn your right. Earn my right to what? (laughs) Right. Right. And I just kind of want to add to, um, Part of like how I think people think of power and leadership is they think of power in terms of scarcity, right? Yeah. It's kind of like this illusion. Um, and I guess maybe that came from capitalism, from colonization, from mm. slavery. I think it existed way before then. But humans have a tendency to think of power as just there's like a tiny bit in the world and there's not enough to go around. Mm. So grab as much power as you can because you're trying to survive and somebody will take it away from you. That's right. a lie. That is an absolute <laughs> lie, right? <laughs> There is more than enough power in the world for everybody to achieve a good quality of life, to achieve their dreams, to follow their hearts, right? To become their truest, most authentic selves. There is. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, you're, you're making me think of one of my favorite, favorite mentors, right? Dr. Um, Keith Hollenbach, right? Um, I met mm-hmm. him at the University of Oregon and he's become a lifelong friend. Um, and Dr. Hollenbach would always say to me, you hired a person that wants your job. I remember the first time he said that to me and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I mean, at the time he's telling me that I'm like 30, 30 years old, right? So I'm young, you know, and whatever. And he's like, you hired a person and this is a very seasoned man, right? Um, had spent so many years in K to 12 as an administrator and then went off to higher education and the deanship and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and taught at, at the university. And so he was very versed in leadership. And mm. he's like, when you hire a person that wants your job, they're going to push you to get out, right? So you're, yeah. you're, you're going to create space for them, right? You're going to create space for them because they're so ambitious that you got to keep up. You have to keep up with this ambitious person, right? right, right. And as so- you're pushing yourself forward, you're going to push yourself into the next opportunity and you would have created space for them. And then they need to do the same thing. And I was like, yo, that's such a dope concept. I love that concept, 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Passing the baton, right? So kind of like- Yes, but you, you know how secure you have to be in yourself, right? To not be afraid and intimidated by the success of another. <laughs> right you gotta be grounded and you have to understand who you are understand your purpose understand why you exist and mm-hmm. realize like yeah I could sit at the table with Dr. Kisun and he's just as sharp right and he's delivering just as much as I am and he deserves mm. to be here just as much as I do and I am not threatened by him because we are not here to do the same work 100%. Yes, I love that. That's yeah, you have to be real grounded in yourself, <laughs> right? And that takes some deep work, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of ego death. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. our ego is driving everything, everything that we do within our society. And it's causing so many issues, man. So many issues because we, one, we neglect the soul. 
right? Mm. <laughs> we're not nourishing the soul. We're, I, we're not listening to our intuition, right? No, no. Everything is about listen. how it makes us feel and how it makes me look. And I want to be bigger than life. And I mean... Correct, correct. correct. Like life is not just an Instagram story. It's just not, you oh, know? Oh, it's not? <laughs> I mean, it seems like it, right? That's what, especially like young people today, right? I think a lot of them, but then I see, I take that back too, because I see a lot of change too in the new generation, you know, like Gen Z, like even Jenny, I think they're kind of really waking up in a different type of way, you know, and it could be kind of like the groundwork that we've been laying to, you know, by yeah, having this kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know? Because I do see the transition taking place where people are saying, you know, and I think, I think the pandemic had a lot to do with, right. you know, um, and when I say the pandemic, I mean the, the effects of us being in these lockdown phases and stuff like that, right? Where you're home and you're like with your thoughts and it's like, yeah, sit with yes. yourself, buddy. Like- <laughs> Correct. There's nobody to distract you. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But sit with your thoughts. Right. Yeah. And then you sit with your thoughts and you're like, I don't know if I like me. Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I like me. Right. And it's like, wait, y'all like me? Because I don't know if I like me. Right. Yeah. And then you have to, you have to be real with yourself and you have to do some work. Um, you know, but regulating the ego is some of the hardest work you will you will do, right? Um yeah. where does the petty culture come from? The ego. The ego yeah. feeds the petty culture, right? And, <laughs> and petty culture is like a thing, like a real thing. And I say that with so much judgment, um, mm. but who was more petty than I? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then but it's like, mm. well, where's your pettiness coming from? It's your ego. Yeah. You correct, know? correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then you can also do the work to kind of like locate it, so like within your past, like, was there something traumatic in my childhood that I've suppressed that led to this kind of split, you know? Mm-hmm. So when this situation arises in my adult life, I get triggered, you know, I get defensive, I lock up. Like mm-hmm. you have to kind of go back and look for it and find the source of it, acknowledge it, and then let it go, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, like judgment, right? I think part of the problem is you feel bad when you found out that you did something out of character or out of alignment with your spirit, you know? But we have to be careful to not to judge ourselves because at the end of the day, this is something my sister said to me a long time ago. Nikita said, everybody's operating from their own level of awareness, yes. right? So when you see people get triggered from by their own ego, it's you kind of like, okay, they're doing the best they can do right now, you know? They're on their own journey. Same right. as me. When I see myself get triggered and do something out of my ego, I have to be like, okay, that was my ego. I understand why I did what I did, but I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm also human and I'm doing my best. Yeah. All I can do is try to be better tomorrow. You know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, forgiveness <clears throat> for self, right? Because if you can't forgive yourself, you really can't forgive others, right? Amen. And it like, it all starts with us loving yourself first, forgiving yourself. And then you can, you can take that and you, you know, you can pass those on to others. I was talking yeah. to a girlfriend today and we were just uh-huh. this morning and we were talking about, we we're talking about the ego and, you know, we were talking about, you know, something she was experiencing with someone uh, she have a relationship with. And I, and I said to her, you know, but you're making this about you, 
right? You're making this about you, his actions about you, but it's not even about you, right? Mm -hmm. This guy, this person, this woman, right? This, whoever it is, their behavior tells you a lot about their own journey and the, the lessons they soul need in order to heal, right? That stuff mm -hmm. isn't about you. It's not about you. That person is trying to find their own way, just like you're trying to find your own way on your own journey. But we take everything to be personal. And it's, look how Christophe look at me and look how Christophe talking and what Christophe said. No, it's not about you. Christophe being pissed off at you for no reason because the trash didn't come on time in his community. That's not about you. Christophe needs to learn to regulate his own emotions. And you're going to take that on? Don't take that on. So he right. was cold this morning. Let him be cold. What does that have to do with you? Correct. Correct. I completely agree. People take everything overly personally, right? And they kind yeah. of center themselves all the time. When in reality, like, they, they're not even thinking about you. Their reaction that day, their energy that day, whatever you're absorbing, has nothing to do with you, mm -hmm. right? They might be going through something you have no idea about. <laughs> and that, I think, yes. Right? And I think people um do that center themselves in other people's life because they're afraid of their own shit, right? Yes. They're always looking to distract themselves from their own shadows so yes. they can get wrapped up in other people's drama yes. all the time instead of like separating themselves and being like, why do I feel the need all the time to distract myself from how I feel on the inside? Yeah. What's wrong with me, you know? Yes. And right, you're exactly right because even in that moment where, you know, Christophe didn't speak to me. The issue isn't that Christophe didn't speak to me. The issue is really that I felt like you didn't see me, like you mm. didn't notice me, right? That's a wound. Wow. Hey. <laughs> you feel like the need to be acknowledged by everyone all the time? That is a wound, right? But if I am to reflect, then I will realize that's a wound. So it's easier for me to, like you said, deflect and then talk about how rude Christoph is. Correct. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's easy. We're all 100%. Yes. Um, and it's, I agree with you. It's a wound and it speaks to lack of love. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is speaks to a lack of love. At some point in your life, you have experienced a lack of love, right? Yes. So now you feel this need to always be loved, to be worshipped, to be adored, you know? Mm. Um, and social media is making it worse, right? Like it's everybody really wants to be an influencer on TikTok. Everybody wants to do X, Y, and Z. Everybody wants to like, you know, like have their own platform. Like, And it's like, no, like, is that really, really the goal? You know? Like, why right. are you really doing this? Are you really doing this to serve people, to protect people, to help people heal? Or are you doing this to make yourself feel like a god? Right. right. Because I'm, the purpose is always about humanity, right? It doesn't matter what you think your purpose is. It has to go back to humanity. It, it has to. That's yeah. the only true purpose, in my opinion. You know, people probably disagree with us, but that's what I know to be true. If your hey, purpose is humanity. If y'all disagree with us, I mean, it's okay if you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we definitely accept different opinions and different thoughts and different beliefs and concepts and ideals. And, you know, um, that's how you grow, right? When yeah. you learn to accept and respect, and not even accept, but respect, respect the opinions of others. But 
Mm-hmm. You know, what I like to tell people is that, you know, you can learn from even the people you don't agree with. I think you can learn the most from the people you don't agree with. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone about, um, we were talking about relationships and, and I, I actually hear this a lot in my, in my girlfriend group. The one person they don't want to hear from is the man with a failed relationship, right? So okay. they don't want to hear anything from the man because his relationships failed. Um, in particular, Steve Harvey, mm, right? Okay. You okay. know, many times I've heard that and I said, hold up. Y'all don't want to hear from him? You crazy? Mm. Are, you, are you insane? That man can tell you exactly how to avoid failing. True. Mm. Correct. Correct. You don't want to hear that. He, you know, you know he's failed, right? Because you don't want to hear from him. If you change your perspective, right, and you realize, oh, okay, he have a lot of knowledge on what failure looks like. Mm. I need to tap into what not to do. So of course I want to hear from him. He's the best person to hear from. I can't most expertise. I mean, right. Kind of because a, let me tell you, mm-hmm. yes, because yeah. let me tell you, but the thing about success is that you don't know you're successful until you are right. Because while you're on that road, you can fail at any time. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And so how do you know you're successful at marriage? Right. Because uh-huh. you're 20 years in, you're 20 years in and you're, you're given advice, but then you get a divorce at year 25. Is that divorce now, is that information now no longer valid? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. literally like how we're thinking about things. And it's like, no, no, no. You want to hear from the people that 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 did it before you. And you want to hear not just about their strengths, but you want to hear about their failures. Amen. Yeah, that vulnerability. Hear, yeah. You vulnerability. want a well-rounded um, view of what's unfolding. Amen. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But people want to live in like... I don't know, some kind of fantasy fairyland, you know? And then I also just want to say, like, how we do. So we kind of talk about defining leadership and then defining success, right? I feel like the way we define success in this culture is very, like, toxic positivity, you know? So people and very... Hold up, hold up. Take me back. I'm so sorry to cut you off. But did you just say toxic positivity? Yes. Is this, like, a term in your discipline or is that your thing? Because that's dope. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know where I picked it up from. Definitely wasn't in my discipline, but it's kind of a term we use in my friend group. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. I'm for so, it. Okay. Toxic yeah. Positivity. So, yeah. Just this. Okay. So, like, for instance, um, like, let's say, like, you're having a bad day or you feel sad about something, and then you talk to somebody, and they're like, "Don't worry about that. Just be happy, right? Just be happy." It's like, no, I'm sad. Honor my sadness sit with me in this room let us like make a little bit of space for it let me feel what you need to feel you listen and then we let it go you know as opposed to telling people like almost like negative emotion is a bad thing any type of negative emotion is a bad thing I don't believe in that I think all emotions are neutral and all emotions are valuable even anger has its place right absolutely right but we always and then social again going back to social media it's everybody's always happy so every post they make they're going to go through the 15 different pictures they took, right? The 15 different shots in the same spot, in the same pose, to find the perfect one that make them look so perfect and happy and post it, you know? And it's all like an illusion. And I think those people actually be sad. It's on the inside, you know? 
true. It's so true. And um, that's that fake it till you make it culture, right? Where yes. it's like put on a, a nice face and show up. Absolutely not. If I'm not okay, I'm not okay. Right. And you asking me to pretend to be okay isn't about me. It's about making sure you're comfortable because you're in this space with me. Right. Yes. And you don't want to be uncomfortable because I'm sad or because I'm not in a happy emotion, but I'm not in a happy emotion. Right. And, right. and that's why it's so important as we're creating our circles that we create our circles with people that's willing to support us. Right. And that's really willing to create that space for us to be comfortable being vulnerable. Amen. Right. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's really the, the piece that's missing. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Uh, but there's so much power. There's so much power in vulnerability. Mm, right? And that's where you feel Amen. and that's where you connect, right? That's where like, you know, your most passionate moments with friends comes from vulnerability, comes from those moments of vulnerability. Absolutely. And it's like, you're missing out on connecting so deeply when you remove that from your relationships. Right. Just because they're afraid to be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm afraid yeah. that you don't see me in this light and, you know, that I'm all I'm not always put together. No, mm. I'm not always put together. Are you kidding me? I'm mostly not put together. Mostly not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Like, what do you right. mean? And I make mistakes and I say the wrong things and I. I make the wrong decisions and, and I say wrong very loosely because I don't know that I truly believe that it's wrong versus it's what you needed in order to learn. Right. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I, I use that, I use that loosely here, but we're, we're not creating spaces for people to be authentic. Everything is so fake, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We have to present ourselves as, happy and you know, let me tell you something um i did that so long in in relationships you know where it's i have to show up in this certain light right and we have to you know you know who's really good at that our power couples yes mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. you want to find fakeness I'm, I'm not saying all power couples so none of y'all start talking about you know that's not true and <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you want to find fakeness? Find power couples who was just in the house, not even talking to each other, and now they don't show up. Uh, they show up on the red carpet, hand in uh-huh. hand, but it's just for the picture. But they really can't stand each other. Exactly. Straight up. Straight up. They're literally like strangers to each other. Yeah. And they're alone. You know strangers living together yes. and then when on the outside they in the best outfits wearing the top brands right <laughs> with the best skincare routines right working out yes. all the time and it's just again it's just like an illusion yeah uh-huh. um, that makes me sad I right. I right I hope I never end up in a relationship like that I don't think I would you know um I've never been in a relationship too, if you want to talk about relationships, because I have some interesting ideas about relationships for my age. Right. Brian, um, I think being alone is one of the most powerful things that we can do for our healing and for our own growth, you know? Well, I agree. I agree with you. And, you know, I spent 
I was married for 12 years, right? Um, mm-hmm. And my divorce started at, I think it was like year 10 and a half or something like that. And um, the loneliest I've ever felt, the loneliest I've ever felt was in a relationship, mm. right? Um, and I'm, I'm single today and I spend a lot of time alone, mm. right? But I'm not lonely, not lonely. I, I feel like I am surrounded by love, right? And understanding and have this peace that I can't really explain, right? That it's, it's almost something that you have to experience. Mm. Um, and what I, what I tell people is that what my past relationships and my marriage taught me was to get away from the 10 things list. And that's what I call it, right? The 10 Mm. things, because there is that list that, you know, the magazines and social media and, you know, you know, all of these people within our communities tells you, you know, these are the things you need to look for, right? And if you have this, and if you have this, and if you have that and that, that, right? You marry that person. But when Mm. you take a look at what those items are, it all leads back to stability right Mm -hmm. so if they're educated they come from a good family they you know um so that's like structure right um they make good money you know that's all stability that's all stability um they're handsome they're attractive all of that stuff right Mm -hmm. but what i have learned christoph is that the only thing that matters really is love right and it's uh, but it's 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 this thing that we also don't talk about and it's the feeling of love right Mm -hmm. because we've gotten into this thing where love is all about the act right and so it's what you bought me and you bought me this and it's very it's very also transactional right and it's it's Mm -hmm. very also show-offy right so it's let me show everyone how I love you and then you show everyone how you love me but we're not connecting at the soul level Yes. And it's, yes. A, it's at the soul level that we feel love. That's mm-hmm. where we love, right? And so we've gotten away from that and we have everything else going on, everything else going on. And I tell people this all the time. I came from the 10 things marriage. I came from the thing, then 10 things married, marriage. I was married to a man who also have a doctorate, right? Mm-hmm. He was very mm-hmm. successful in his own right. Very successful mm-hmm. man, right? Um, handsome fella right? Um, Active in his kids' lives and all of this stuff, all of this stuff. Um, But we were roommates in our home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's so funny now when I talk to my kids and they see how goofy I am. Uh. I didn't even know that side of me existed. But if you talk to people who knew me from grade school, they'll tell you how goofy the girl is. But I could have been in a marriage for 12 years and for that side of me to never come out. Mm, you can never truly be your true self. You can't truly be yourself. You can't yeah. truly be yourself because there's an mm. image, right? There's an image you have to live up to and you have to be this person, right? That sort of fits into this world. Right. And it's like, yeah. no, you don't have to try to fit. Just be who you are. Just be who you um, are. But we don't, we don't teach that. And the reason we don't teach that is because in my opinion, it's because we're not pushing love and it's love that, that accepts. 
Mm. You're not going to accept my goofy behavior at your gala, right? When I'm here. <laughs> when, when, yeah. when what we're supposed to be doing is, you know, having an image and you want to be goofy. You, you, now you want to dance, Amanda? You have no rhythm. Can you not dance, please? You are embarrassing me. You want to sing? Yeah, I want to sing, but you can't sing soul. You're not going to embarrass me because that's that's an embarrassment, right? Because all of the things that naturally make me who I am mm. isn't something you want to accept because the love doesn't exist. Because if you love all me, right. you allow me. And I, and I don't want to say allow. If you love me, you will be okay with mm-hmm. you being who I am naturally. Correct, because right? I don't need your permission to be me. No, I don't need your permission. Absolutely yeah. not, right? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but if you don't yeah. love me, you can't accept those things about me. can't accept those things, 100%. Yeah, you need me to fall right. in line with the 10 things so we can have the image we're supposed to have. Right, right. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I, so, I mean, I know this is a trend across all generations, right? But I feel like um, so many people in my generation they just aren't doing the work to like dig deep, you know, and figure out who they are truly and be their goofy side, you know, or be uncomfortable or try new things and feel at it, right? Yeah. Everybody is like looking for stability. And I don't know if it's because of Twilight, right? That's what we all grew up on. Everybody wants this Bella Edward fantasy story, right? Um, Without taking time to like figure out who they truly are and like let their partner gravitate to them. You yeah. do not need to be out there searching and hunting right. on, on Tinder and Hinge and going to bars every weekend, right? Looking for a partner. Mm. No, look for yourself. Yeah. Look for yourself. Yes. Figure out who you are. And then the universe will bring that person to you. Yeah. They will deliver that person who is meant for you in this moment, who truly accepts you, who truly sees you, who wants the best for you. Let that will come, you know? Just like my friends, my best friends in my life right now have come to me right? I put in the work, yes, to build and nurture the relationship, but as I become more and more my authentic self, more and more authentic people have gravitated to me. Absolutely. And we've become more authentic together, and we've healed together in ways, you know? There is no agenda, right? Right. There is no keeping tabs, there is no transaction, you know? Um, And I just want to add to, we need to get away from this concept that relationships and friendships are different. not understand this weird distinction in my mind like I literally refer to my best friends as my husbands and wives that's why I refer to them you know um we have that we have a partnership those are true genuine authentic partnerships that to me on equal footing as any kind of romantic or sexual relationship and I'm gonna say even higher footing right yeah because these types of friendships they will be there for you through and through Boys and girls, men, women in your life will come and go, you know? For most of us, right? They come and go. Friends, I think, last a lot longer. And those relationships really are the ones we should care about. Because if you can't be a good friend, how are you going to be a good partner? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because one of my girlfriends and I, we were talking about um, the friendship relationship thing, right? The um, platonic relationship versus the romantic relationship, right? Right. And I w- I said to her, you know, in your platonic relationships, you allow yourself to naturally gravitate towards a person. Think if you think about your friendships, you guys are not working hard to be friends. 
Oh. You're just friends, right? You're not, you're not sitting there like, you know, oh, I gotta have brunch with them once a week so that we can maintain the relationship. No, 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 you want to, <laughs> you want to be with them, right? You yeah. want to be with them. You want to ex- experience life with them. But then in, yeah. our, in our, in our romantic relationships, it's like, I gotta put date night on the calendar because yeah, <laughs> right. I gotta do this to sustain the relationship. And it's because we focus so much on the 10 things, right? So we mm-hmm. don't naturally have a soul connection with the person. So you have to work so hard to, to maintain this romantic relationship that you have no business being in. Exactly. Why are you That's in that relationship? Point. Because there are 10 things. Yeah. And you know, you know what I I, I credit this to? That's um, stupid. Sorry, y'all. I shouldn't be speaking like that. But <laughs> that 80-20 rule thing. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. If I hear one person, one more person in my circle say that, I'm putting them on mute mm. until they figure out why they're on mute. Okay? Because yeah. it's this idea, and it's it's back to that 80-20 rule, right? And the thing that uh, I'm not 80, 20, it's back to the 10 things. And what's not listed is love mm. because we so little value love. True. That True. is like, well, we look good in photos. Well, you're educated. I'm educated while well, we're making money together. Well, my family mm. likes your family. Your family likes my family. Mm. Um, well, we don't really have the same goals, but you can follow my goals. Right, because my right. goals are are nice, so you can make a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, right, and and we're oh. creating. We have all these friends together, you know, and so it's all of these things, and so it's like, well, that's what you hold on to. These are the most superficial things that your soul right. cares nothing about. Yeah, man, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. But and then in friendship, there is no um pressure it's like there's like i guess less pressure to be like each other or like right right it's not right. like you are, you are building your life together but you still have your own individual lives right okay I, I think of it like three worlds right you have your world i have my world and then we have a world in the, the world middle. we share together yes right? yes and that's real where the magic is and yes. then that world kind of feeds our own individual worlds too right you will be healing that world grow Can together again yes Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, it's we we ask people to deny themselves, to deny the creation of their own worlds, and so that they could come in. It's almost sorry. I I gotta talk about my Christian friends. Sorry, y'all. I I, <laughs> I talk about Christians a lot. Um, it's that deny your cross and take up your cross and follow me, right? And so yeah. <laughs> we were asking people to do that. So it's like, leave your concepts and your beliefs behind and follow me into my world. And it's like, it's not supposed to be that way. You're no. supposed to create your own world, just like I create mine. And then we're supposed to share, right? We're supposed to share a world together, but mm-hmm. that's not what we teach. That's not what we teach. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, not to not to go too hard on the Christians, but just want to say if we, you love really y'all. At, we love if, y'all. Right, we love y'all. But if you really look at Jesus's life, bro, what did Jesus do? Embrace everybody, let everybody create their own world, respected everybody's values, everybody's own personal beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus was out there vibing with the kings and with the prostitutes, hey, right? Yeah. Like, so let's just call it for what it is. Right. Whatever you think Jesus did, 
think again and take a deeper look at how we live this life. Right. And that's all I was doing. Right. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You want to talk about divinity. And, you know, we like to talk about this divine energy that everybody is somehow walking in. But it's mm. like, do you understand what divine energy looks like? Because that is acceptance of everyone, right? <laughs> and there is a massive ego debt that would have had to take place, right? You want to talk about divinity and um, the walk to divinity, whatever, however people want to um, um, describe it isn't mm. pretty, right? It's not roads paved with pearls and diamonds and it's, hey. it's walking through mud. Hey, I'm broken You know glass. what I'm saying? How are you yeah. gonna help inspire if you've never had to overcome, mm. right? And, and we work so hard to hide our pain, right? So yeah. that we can, our lives can look so pretty, but it's like, who are you helping like that? Who, mm. Mm. who are you helping like that, right? Amen. We want to conceal the pain. Don't conceal the pain. Now, what are you mm. supposed to do with the pain? So that's right, not what you right. do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, this is um reminded me of um a podcast I listened to. I think it was Will Smith. He was on Jay Shetty's podcast, and Will said um when you don't know yourself, you keep looking for validation from other people to tell you who you are. But yes. it's almost like if you're looking at your reflection in a bunch of broken mirrors. Yes. Right. So all they're projecting back at you is your own brokenness, right? Yes, yes. That's all you can see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, but, you know, we love external validation. We love it. Oh, yeah. It, right? Because we don't know how to validate our own self and our own feelings and stuff like that. Because, you know, we want to show up a certain way. We want to look a certain way. I want you to accept me for, you know, if I don't do certain things and there's a path that you must follow. And if you don't do it this way and, you know, right. you know, right. Dr. Kisun, Dr. A, what are you guys doing with your doctorate? You're not teaching at the academy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know and it's it's that type of um that type of judgment and you know because those things we think bring us value Mm -hmm. there's no value in any of that no value in everything is in the journey it's a sustainable value right i think external validation is so temporary right it comes and it goes, it comes and it goes. The only real validation that lasts forever is the one you build inside, right? Yes. Your own internal power. Like your internal power, nobody can take that away from you. External power, come and go, come and go, you know? Right. Right. It's like it's like the ocean, right? You have waves, each wave yes. crashes and it goes yes. back into the ocean. Right. The ocean is the internal power. Every wave is the external power, right? Right. All of it is really about the ocean. It's not about each wave. Don't get caught up in the wave. Oh, Don't this get wave. caught up in the waves. Right? Think big picture, yes, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And then you think about the sustainability of the ocean. Oh, my goodness. You, oh, my goodness. You, now right, you have right. me. Yeah, you have me thinking, Christophe. You <laughs> me. <laughs> and, but that's what it is. It's about purpose in the end, right? And um. But, you know, when we say purpose, a lot of us still think in a very shallow way, you know, Mm. about what is purpose and we tie it back to us. Right. But our purpose is really about the greater good, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and the tools and the resources we use is really what makes us different. Right. Um, Right. But the goal is to improve humanity. That's what it's about. And I'm not talking about in a superficial 
way, right? It's about improving the soul, right? Um, yeah. And that's that's what we exist to do. So I hope to see more of us um, taking up that torch, you know, and um, even if that torch means just doing your own internal work for yourself, yes. right? So that you can right. raise the frequencies within your personal circle and your community. Even that, you know, that's that's so important. That's where it starts. That's where it starts <laughs> and then it kind of ripples out, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, a single conversation with somebody could change their life. Absolutely. I know from experience. There are yes. conversations I've had with people that have changed my entire frequency, you know? Yes. And so that kind of led me into the kind of work I'm doing now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like my sister's a big one. I call her seed planter. She's the kind of person who has this gift to plant little seeds and conversations. And then like years later, you realize like what she did and how it's manifested and the choices that you made from that point going forward. Yeah. Sort of, you took tiny one degree turns, you know? Yeah. And eventually now you're in a much happier, more authentic space, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I love that you're able to identify her as a seed planter within your community. You know, we need yeah. to do more of that within our circle so that we know who is who and um, how important is that when you're looking for support so that you know who to go to, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we choose the wrong individuals to share our story with and then we you know we're confused as to why we're not getting the support that we mm. were seeking but it's like but you also have to know who you're sharing with right yes. and why you're sharing with them because everyone isn't going to support you correct correct you, you have know? to be kind of strategic and like a soul perspective you know right right yes right. And i kind of as you said that too um i think that we have a tendency to go to the people who will lie to us right yes the people will, who will agree with the, the toxic space that we're in. Correct. People who will right? feed it. That's our people. That's who our favorite people. Right. Who will tell me what I want to hear to make me feel better in this moment. When mm -hmm. sometimes people you really need advice from are the people who will tell you what you do not want to hear. Yep. You know, will yep. hold you accountable, you yes. know, will encourage you to like rise above the state and like do the work, you know? Yes. And how important it's, it is to have friends that's not afraid to hold you accountable. Friends who's not afraid to say, well, who are you? Like, mm. you're showing up as multiple people. You got to figure really? out which one of them you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. You know, uh, that's, that is so important. But like you said, you know, it's difficult to have to do that because you know, we want validation. And again, that goes back to that external validation that we're looking for. So we're going to go to the people that's likely to say, you know, you know, he wrong, right? He wrong. <laughs> he wrong. Yeah. What he do that to you for? Instead of saying, you know what? Yeah, he was wrong, but so were you. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> so were you, right? And did you mm -hmm. look at Christoph's perspective? Did you see it from his lens? Christoph, mm. I'll tell you this. Mm. If you ever come to me for advice, I will give you the other person's perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. time. That's what advice from me look like. That's what, a, mm -hmm. you know, you come and you say, you know, I just went through this with this person and my boss and shit and da 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 and da da da. Okay, tell me what you did, right? Tell me, yeah. what, tell me what happened, right? It doesn't even have to be what you did because maybe you didn't, you feel like you didn't do anything wrong. 
Tell me how uh-huh. you got here. How did you get here where your boss is saying this? How did you right. get here where your spouse is saying this, where your child is saying this, right? Mm. Well, did you think about X? Because it sounds like they're thinking this. Mm-hmm. Are you aware that this is what they're thinking? Have you asked about what they're feeling? Because it sounds like they're feeling X, right? Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. what I'm going to share with you. And you can do whatever you want with that. But yeah. you need to be able to take a look at the situation from all lens, all of the yeah. lens, right? And Absolutely. then you can move about it. And then you'll realize, if you really reflect, you'll realize, oh, okay, I did it. That person hurt me, but I also hurt that person too. Yes, yes. There's always a deeper, something deeper going on, right? If you remove yourself, right, from the egoic reaction of the situation, right? And you're like, look at it bird's eye view objectively right? A little bit of space between you and the situation. Yeah. Right? Look at it from angles. Yeah. yeah. You know, you always find there was a, there's a deeper conflict or a deeper goal, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have to, yeah. um, like you said, space, right? You got to create space to um, even allow yourself to move into those rounds and to unpack in that kind of way. Right. And yeah. you have to be okay with realizing that sometimes you wasn't, you weren't always your best, Yeah. <laughs> you true. know? Yeah, I didn't always behave as my best self. And okay, and, and I, I recognize that. And this is the, the areas I need to work on and so on and so forth. And then you actually go out and you do the work, right? Yeah, um, amen. Mm-hmm. Accountability, mm-hmm. man, accountability. Well, yeah. Christophe, I, I want to keep going, but I, I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be respectful. And I'm going to ask you... Um, well, before I ask you, I'm going to do the million times goodbye thing with you that I do here, right? Where I say goodbye yeah. 10 times before you actually get to go. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I appreciate so much um, having this opportunity to have these conversations with you. So thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with us. We appreciate you so much. Um, but there's this thing that we do within our community Um, And it's words of wisdom that we ask our guests to share with us before they leave, right? There's something that's unique to you. Um, Maybe it's a quote, maybe it's, you know, some ideals, whatever it is that you hold on to um, no matter what's happening or unfolding in your life. So if you're comfortable sharing that part of you with our community, we'd appreciate you even more. Absolutely, absolutely. I have a few different um, things that I go to as sort of my um, goalpost, right? Or just certain things that I use to ground me. So one of them is from Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love. And she said that all decisions, every single choice we make comes down to love or fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you get to choose every single time which house you want to live in and which house you want to make that decision from. It's that simple. When you're confronted with some type of conflict, some type of life choice, anything, something as simple as going for a walk, right? Do I want to do this with love or do I want to do this with fear, right? Um, The second thing I go to is speak your truth, live your truth. Life is too short not to live your truth. We have for such a short time, live your truth. Your truth is the most beautiful thing that we have you know it makes us so unique but at the same time when you truly like live your truth and find spaces that are safe 
right? To be your truest self, right? Because that's a big thing too. Safety is a big thing. A lot of people in the world today will face actual danger, actual violence for being themselves, right? Right. And if you have the privilege of safety to be your true self, that is your responsibility. And create open that space of more and more. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the third thing is, I mean, we talked about it so much, but unconditional love, right? Unconditional love is really where it's at. Like, it isn't about keeping tabs. There is no transaction. Love is the most abundant thing in the universe. Love is the most abundant resource we have, right? There is, don't ever think of scarcity and love together. Love is abundance. Abundance is love. Yes, Christoph, this is such a great way for us to end our season one. So oh. <laughs> even in your words of wisdom you were able to summarize that season for us so well right without me um asking you to do that right this is just how the universe works um but you know we've talked so much about love and we've talked a lot about um you know unconditional love right and on in our community we talk about love and fear a lot and um fear existing in the absence of love right that's really where that comes from and the importance of embracing your story and you know walking in your power and stuff like that and so I, I really appreciate you sharing with us that these are the ideals that you know you hold true to you and um being able to summarize um for us so lovely so thank you so much so much for that um, but before we let you go for real this time, um, how can we connect with you on, you know, on the web, if we want to come and, you know, and hang out with you on Instagram, or maybe there's other things you have going on that, you know, you're open to sharing with us. Um, how can we connect with you? Yeah, so I am on Twitter. It's, I believe it's at Christoph Gassoon. Um, I'm also on Instagram. And it's just my full name, Christoph Kassoon. And uh, you can always send me an email at christophkassoon at gmail.com. And I also have a Facebook page for my podcast, uh, Navigating Diversity. Um, and you can just search at um, Diversity Radio on Facebook. And you can connect with me there and kind of see the kind of episodes I've done. A lot of similar themes and concepts um, as you've been doing, Dr. A, on Circuit Love. Um, but also getting into some more political conversations at the same time talking about philosophy, spirituality, religion. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how you can reach out to me. And I'm always happy to have these conversations with anybody. Yeah, Christoph, thank you so much, so much. And we will definitely be following you all over social media. We'll come and check out your page for sure and um, join your community there as well. So thank you so much for um, being a part of our community and for sharing so much of yourself with us. Thank you so much. This is such an honor. And it's so good to see you. Like, I yes. miss you so much. I just you. <laughs> <laughs> Like we just yeah. got back into energy and inspired. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's always a good time when we get together, you know? Yeah, always. It's always, always. a good time. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, 